0: Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Today, we visit with two guests who have experienced the healing power of sharing with others the pain of their personal struggles—Pastor Johnny Baker and Christian singer Jason Crabb. First up, Pastor Johnny Baker has been on staff at Celebrate Recovery since 2004 and has been the pastor of Celebrate Recovery at Saddleback Church since 2012. As an adult child of an alcoholic who also dealt with alcoholism in his own life, Johnny is passionate about breaking the cycle of dysfunction for families and helping them find The Road to Freedom, which is also the title of his new book. Here's Pastor
1: Baker. I'm Johnny Baker. I'm the pastor of Celebrate Recovery here at Saddleback Church, and I'm also the author of a brand new book called The Road to Freedom. Uh, and that's what I do and, and some something about me, but Normally, how I introduce myself to people at Celebrate Recovery is this way. Hi, my name is Johnny. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus, and I struggle with alcoholism and codependency. It's just the way that we talk to each other in Celebrate Recovery to kind of say, here's who I am and why I'm here. An important thing to point out before we get too much further, though, is to tell you this. My identity is found in Jesus Christ, not in my hurt, my hang up or my habit. And that's just a big component of Celebrate Recovery. Although I was born in Wisconsin and we moved around a lot when I was a kid, I spent most of my life here in Lake Forest. And I grew up going to a local church, a small local church, and I went there as a preschool student. And when I first started attending preschool, my family didn't really uh, go to church often, but for some reason they put me in a Christian preschool. And it was the best thing that could have happened for me. It was there that I met Jesus and I got to know uh, all about him and hear stories about him. And my preschool teacher, Ellie, uh said hey you love hearing stories about jesus if you want to hear more you should come back on the weekend and bring your family with you and so i thought that was a great idea so i invited my parents to come to church with us uh come to church with me and we started going to church and uh, it was during that time that my parents separated see my dad is uh, is now a recovering alcoholic but at the time he was a practicing alcoholic and it had caused a lot of pain in our family. He left and they were separated for about 13 months. And in that time, uh, my family and I began attending church or my, my mom and I, my sister, uh, the three of us began attending church here at Saddleback. It was here that things really changed for us in so many ways. And, uh, we chose this church because it was huge. At the time we were meeting in a high school gym, we kind of wanted to hide a little bit. Uh, we were going through pain and we weren't really sure what to do with it. Uh, and at the same time we were attending church here, my dad was attending AA meetings uh, up in LA. After reconnecting and doing some really important things uh, in recovery and with our family, he came back. And uh, one of the things that showed us that he was really different was, is he asked if he could come to church with us. And so he attended church with us here at Saddleback and heard Pastor Rick Warren speak, and in that moment had a experience that a lot of us have when we hear Pastor Rick speak, is he felt like he was talking directly to him. Yeah, and uh, he, he had that experience, and everything's again changed for him. And so he uh, was inspired. He looked around and he thought, there's gotta be other people in a church this size who are struggling with issues like he was. And so he did the only natural thing. He sat down and wrote Pastor Rick a short, concise, 13 page, single space letter. Uh, It's kind of famous now in Celebrate Recovery Circles and sent it in to him uh, completely confident that Pastor Rick would find the right man to lead this ministry. And a couple weeks later, my dad found himself in Pastor Rick's office and Rick said, Great, John, you do it. And in that moment, Celebrate Recovery was really born. One of the hardest parts for me to explain with my story is how my dad could have gone through what he did, a separation and losing his family and, and starting a recovery ministry, and yet I still decided to uh, experiment with and act out with and eventually become addicted to alcohol. and. Something that's really important that I want to point out about Celebrate Recovery is that it's not just for people with drug addiction or alcohol abuse issues. Uh, it certainly is for us, but we make up only about a third of the people who attend Celebrate Recovery. But thank God it is for us as well. Uh, but why, why would I do that? Why would I look at my dad's life and decide to even ever start drinking again? And now as a parent of three kids, I, I'm hoping that they don't make that mistake as well. And I think there must have been a part of me who felt like, he just didn't know how to do it he couldn't control it or he didn't know what he was doing or or that I would do it better or that I'd learn from his mistakes I as long as I've been in recovery it's been a long time now but even still I, I'm not sure why see I even grew up going to celebrate recovery I went as the first teen leader of the first teens group I would go to celebrate recovery and so theoretically I should have known better I shouldn't have been I shouldn't have done that stuff and some of my biggest moments of shame that i still feel sometimes that i have to remind myself uh, i've been forgiven for is that pain that i must have caused my dad and my mom as they watched me begin my struggle with alcoholism and uh, i'll never forget in december of 1999 i had gotten pulled over and and eventually arrested for a DUI, for driving under the influence. And uh, that night I went to Orange County Jail and it was about 3.30 in the morning. And uh, I'll never forget, I got to make one phone call and I, I called my dad. And um, in that moment, I was really afraid because I wasn't just calling my father, but I was also calling the pastor and founder of Celebrate Recovery. But he was so gracious to me, he was so kind to me. He did say to me, you know, Johnny, I think you've got some issues. You you need to take a look at why you're doing the things that you're doing, Um, but uh, it's up to you to do it. And, And I wish I could say that in that moment, I stopped drinking and I never I never drink again. But the truth is, it took me four more years. Uh, my wife and I got married uh, later on in the year 2000, uh, just a few months after that arrest. And uh, man, I thought she was going to leave. I, I was convinced she was going to leave. Thank God she didn't. Um, but yeah, we got married in May and it was about four years after that, that uh, we got pregnant with our first daughter, Maggie. And uh, although I never drank and drove again, I certainly kept drinking. I just wouldn't get behind the wheel of a car. But I wasn't ready to stop drinking, just, just driving after I had. I remember celebrating that we would gotten pregnant with our first daughter Maggie and thinking man if I were to start drinking and then Jenny went into labor I couldn't drive her to the hospital and at that time I'd been drinking in secret and my whole facade would have been up and so I knew at that moment I needed to change. Uh, Thankfully I had worked through the steps and principles of Celebrate Recovery as a teenager uh, with a mentor of mine and I had done a lot of work as a codependent or somebody who's got um, another person in their life who has issues that they're working with and um And so I had a basis to go back to. So I went right back to Celebrate Recovery and began working program for myself. And I'm so thankful I did. My life changed again when I did that. I came to Celebrate Recovery when my life was in shambles and I needed a way to stop drinking because I didn't want to repeat that cycle of alcoholism, that cycle of dysfunction that had been a part of my family. And so I came to Celebrate Recovery and dug into the principles and dug into step study and worked through my own recovery process just uh, because I needed it. I would go to my group for men who struggle with uh, chemical dependency. I did that for a while and then I was ready to go into a step study. And a step study is where we go through the workbooks that Pastor John Baker wrote, my dad wrote. There are are four workbooks and we now call them The Journey Begins. Uh, And then uh, we now have four more that he and I wrote together called The Journey Continues. And those eight workbooks help us go through the Celebrate Recovery principles to help us grow closer to God. Cause that's the secret of Celebrate Recovery. It's really a sanctification process. It's really a process of, of helping me go from one place to another, uh, one place where I don't look much like Jesus and then go through a transition period where I, at the, as I go through it, I want to become more and more like Jesus. I want to be, uh, I want him to strip away all of my hurts, my hangups and habits. It's not just about my alcoholism. It's about every part of my life. So I get to be the pastor of what we call the model ministry of Celebrate Recovery. There are thirty thousand Celebrate Recovery ministries all over the world uh, that do exactly what we do here at Saddleback. I just get to be here doing it, and so I love that opportunity, and I love that I get to serve in that way. Um, and it, it's so it's overseeing the ministry. It's the, it's helping people one on one as they come in. Uh, I get to do a lot of counseling and a lot of care of people as they're struggling. And one one thing I love is that I get to see people on days where their days are really bad. In many cases, I get to watch men uh who are like me and they come in and they've got their arms folded and they don't want to be there and then as they come for a while you see their arms raised in worship and you see them reaching out to other people and um serving other people and you see their whole lives change you see women come who are um, afraid or they're scared or they're or they're a little bit confused about why they're there or they know why they're there but then they don't want to be or maybe they want to be but they're in so much pain men and women can be in so much pain that they're not exactly sure what's next and I get to watch God work in their lives and slowly change them over time, and it's an incredible experience, and it's one that I'll never get tired of. I wrote The Road to Freedom because it's one of those things that I just had to get out. Um, It's 10 life lessons that I, learned over my course of being involved in Celebrate Recovery. There are 10 lessons that apply to all areas of our life. For example, uh, admitting you have a problem doesn't make you weak. Uh, So many of us are afraid to admit our problems. Well, the first step of recovery is, the first principle of recovery is realize I'm not God. I admit that I'm powerless to change, that my life has become unmanageable. And basically, that's the beginning of recovery. We don't change if we don't admit we have a problem. But so many of us are afraid to admit we have a problem. And so just saying, hey, I've got a problem, it doesn't make you weak. It actually makes you strong. And the converse of that is that covering up a problem always makes things worse. It might feel like you're doing something about it, but it's really just delaying the inevitable. One of the chapters is is that Jesus cares deeply about your pain. And I think that's something we can miss if we're not careful, that Jesus really cares about our pain. It's not just He understands, but He cares about us. So much of The Road to Freedom is my personal story and how God has worked in uh, recovery or through recovery in my life. Uh, And so I hope that they'll be encouraged that, you know, that not all of us, we don't have it all together. I certainly don't and I make no bones about it in the book that I'm a mess. I'm trying and I'm getting better but uh, I'm by no means perfect. I still have lots of areas in my life that I hope Jesus uh, helps me in as we peel that onion and get deeper and deeper and deeper to the core of my life. And so my hope is that it's going to help people. It's going to help people uh, apply truth to their recovery and it's going to help people find the truth that they need to be in recovery and it's going to help people who maybe are discouraged find some encouragement. We have a devotional for Celebrate Recovery. And the whole idea is that we may not have time to read a whole book every day, but there, there are times where I can read um, a page or two. And Jesus Calling has been really important for me because it helps me see uh, how Jesus loves me. And so I'm so I'm so thrilled with that. What I really love is that so many of the daily entries have to do with anxiety, anxiety or fear. And those are two things I certainly struggle with. The Bible says we've all been hurt or we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which means we've all been hurt, and we've all hurt other people. And so, uh, the first thing I'd say is, if you're hurting, there's there is a, a hope and a help for you. If you've got a hang up where you're angry, or you're judgy, or you're um, codependent, which means uh, relationships with people can be out of whack, there's hope and there's help for you. And if you're struggling with an addiction, a habit, and you feel lost and trapped, There's hope and there's help for you. And I know that because God has helped me with all of those things in my life. Let me just say, if you're struggling with an addiction issue right now, if you're really hurting right now, take the first step. The first step is admitting you have a problem. It starts with maybe even looking yourself literally in the mirror and saying, I have a problem. And then pray about it. Tell God, God, I know this is an issue for me. I have a problem. But here's, here's a really important part of it. Tell somebody else. It gets really real when you tell someone else. Take the first step, admit you have a problem, tell yourself, admit you have a problem to God, tell him and ask him for help, and then tell somebody else. And say to them, help me figure out what to do next. What I would encourage you to do is to go to celebraterecovery.com and find a group there. There's a group finder, you can click right on it, uh, and you can search by your zip code, or or, uh, there's a number of ways that you can search. And like I said, there are churches all over the world to do Celebrate Recovery, and I would encourage you to check that out but this is the really important thing. You gotta go. You gotta go to the recovery group that you check out. When you find one online, go to it, check it out, show up and give it a few weeks. I guarantee you the first time you go in, you're gonna feel like, oh, this is wrong. This is weird. Maybe I don't belong here. Come back, come back a few times before you make the decision. Don't quit before your miracle happens.
0: If you or someone you know needs help with an addiction or substance abuse problem, please visit CelebrateRecovery.com to find a Celebrate Recovery group near you. You can also find Pastor Johnny Baker's new book, The Road to Freedom, at Amazon, and everywhere books are sold. Stay with us for the second part of our show after a brief message about a free offer from Jesus Calling. Want a daily reminder that we can have hope, peace, and joy each day in Jesus? Now it's as easy as opening an email. The Jesus Calling daily email brings you a thought from the Jesus Calling family of devotionals every day. Brighten up your inbox with this little reminder and take a minute to connect with God during your day. To sign up to get your free daily thought from Jesus Calling, please visit jesuscalling.com daily dash email. That's jesuscalling.com slash daily dash email. Our next guest is Jason Crabb, a Grammy and Dove Award-winning artist who has been named Gospel Music Association's Artist and Male Vocalist of the Year. Early in their marriage, Jason and his wife Shelley learned the healing power of sharing their struggles with others after they experienced two devastating miscarriages. Jason has a passion for connecting others to God through his music to help them see how God has chosen them and that they are loved. His latest record, Unexpected, was released earlier this year.
2: Well, I'm Jason Crabb. I'm 41 years old. I'm married going on 20 years. I um, have two beautiful children, Ashley and Emma, and they're 15 and 12. Um, enjoying life been traveling on the road doing music now for 20 almost 25 years started when i was uh, 16 15 16 years old homeschooled half of uh, high school to be on the road and uh, here i am today i grew up in a little small town called beaver dam kentucky it is in ohio county which is between bowling green and owensboro uh, kentucky Um, Huge basketball fans, of course, that's anybody from Kentucky had to be. Raised in church, you know, always went to church, looked for an excuse to go to church. My father was a pastor um, for many years of my life. My grandmother was probably the greatest prayer warrior I've ever ran into. I remember going uh, with my summers, like when I was 12, 13 years old, helping my grandfather out on the farm and spending my summer there, I'd wake up in the middle of the night, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and my grandmother would have her Bible out, and because my room was right across from hers, and you could hear those little thin pages turning, and you could hear her talking to God as she was reading. She'd say, thank you, Lord, for this Word, talking to Him just like I'm talking right now and it was a realness not just for to get you know in church you know uh, you just hope and pray that god moves and and those kinds of things and and you see it happen but when it becomes the fabric of a person's life that at two o'clock in the morning there's nobody watching there's nobody that's Paying attention to, you know, her, or she's getting self gratification from others. She's just talking with our Savior, and I got to witness that. And when I, I went through a very, just a very uh, tough little moment on the road. And I looked through my phone and I was just trying to, nobody around me was acting right. (laughs) And I went through my phone and I was trying to find somebody to call just to talk to, just no reason. And first person that came to my mind was my grandmother. And so I called her. She said, Jace, that's what she calls me. She called me. She said, Jace, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a big knot in the end of it and hang on with all your might. And then while you're hanging on, know this, that he's holding on to you. He's got you. I really do miss her a lot. There's been many times that i would give anything in the world to call her, you know, go sit with her, talk with her. And So uh, all you grandmas out there and all you mamas, I know you have a big job, but the impact that you're making on your grandchildren's lives and on your children's lives. is amazing. I remember growing up, I'd love to say that everything was just, you know, kind of a little house on the prairie kind of thing, but it wasn't, you know. Um, you know, there were some tough moments and there were some tough things that happened in, in life. My parents divorced. My dad remarried. And so immediately I had some new sisters. Uh, my dad, uh, made things right with the Lord and felt that he needed to minister and started a church in Philpot, Kentucky. Next thing you know, um, all of us kids are interested in singing. Um, we're interested in music, and so we buy a little old bus and head out on the road traveling and telling people about the grace of God, and, and uh, that's kind of how it all it all began. Around 16 years old is when I went out on the road traveling and singing. I didn't know what I was doing. But, but, you know, we knew who we were singing about because we really had a, we trusted in Him. Every day that we were on the road, it was just a trust in Him because we didn't know where the next dime was going to come from to put fuel in the bus. We just relied on God. I, I really love watching God work in people's lives. There's nothing in the world that I love more than standing on stage and watching God work in a person's life that's in the altar praying. I love that because you can tell a lot of times people that are hurting, people that are going through trouble or rejoicing. There's some that come to the altar that just rejoice because of the great thing that they have found, a treasure that they have found in Jesus. And, and it is, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's, you can see tears of joy and, and thankfulness. I think it's very important um, that we share a lot of of the pieces of our lives. I think that's what God has called us to, is to share moments of our lives where He has pulled us and helped us and there's victory. Me and my wife, we went through two miscarriages right back to back. You know, the rest of the family were having children, you know. Around us, it was very trying. I remember our, that song, Through the Fire, just came out, and I'm singing that on stage each and every night, singing that to myself and my wife. You know, he never promised the cross would not get heavy, the hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered our victories without fighting, but he said help would always come in time. And so me and Shelly, we hung to the promises. We've had, you know, people praying over us and tell us, you know, it's going to happen. And we tried to hang on with every, all that we could possibly hang on to that. And uh, right after that, our third, we we found out that we were expecting. After two miscarriages, our third, there was something in our heart that just felt right. Before, we were nervous. And at this moment, we, we give it to God, we quit worrying about it, and then it happened. And um, Ashley, she is here now, at 15 years old. <laughs> now she just got her permit, and uh, I'm just, I don't know what I'd... Very, very thankful for my children, and thankful that God allowed this to happen. And thankful also that I get to share the tough days with others that are struggling. My wife gets to share that to help other women that are going through those very same problems. I think one of the biggest attacks of the enemy is he wants to make us feel alone in our situations. And the more that we talk about not only our blessings, which I think that is great, but also the pain. Talk about the pain, but talk about what God has done, how he brings us through. It just, it helps. It helps others. I think that's what we're all supposed to do, is help others. You got a new record that's coming out, unexpected. And, you know, I think it's kind of neat to expect the unexpected. You know, when you read in God's Word all the things that the Lord did for His people and is doing and has done and is going to, on the third day, Jesus rose from the grave. I mean, how awesome is that? Then he's coming back for us. And he said, "All these things that you've seen me do, he said, you'll see greater things." That's what God's word said. And so, why not expect the unexpected? Expect the the abnormal. You know, it's easy to wake up in the morning, and drink a cup of coffee and just go through the regular day, but I you know when when you're talking about the Creator of heaven and the universe and, and the one that told the seas that you can only go this far and created every flying bird and every star and put it into its place that loves us like he does. When you're talking about a God like that, man, you can expect some great miracles, some great things. One of the songs right now that I'm in, I'm experiencing in life is called "Shorter of the Years," and it's kind of got the underlying message of you know appreciate the things that you're facing and appreciate the things that God has given you right now in life. That's the season of life that I'm living right now is because our kids are growing up so fast. I used to hear people say, The older you get, the faster time goes. And I used to laugh because I was, you know, I was young then and I'd be like, I'm just waiting for time to catch up. You know what I'm saying? And now I understand it. Yesterday I was bringing my children home from the hospital because they were just born. And today they're 12 and 15. <laughs> they're dropping and. And so that song really gets me. So for all the grandmothers and grandfathers and grandparents and mamas and daddies, and those empty nested, get you some Kleenexes out. It's one of those. The first time that I heard of Jesus Calling was from my brother-in-law and my sister, uh, from Brian and Crystal. Uh, They were doing a Bible study and they were doing uh, a a group, uh, a different group, and they were going through uh, and using uh, Jesus Calling in their devotionals with each other. And uh, They said, do you need to get this? The thing that I love, another thing about Sarah's writing is the message of hope is so strong. I think people today are looking. And 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 she brings it in such a way of there's hope for humanity. There's hope for you. I I long in in God. You know, God's saying, I long to spend time with you. I long for this. And Sarah brings that out in such a, a wonderful way that it makes you feel like. No matter what, Jesus loves me, and I, I'm going to make it, and He's for me. And I'd love to uh, to share with you a little out of uh, Jesus' calling right here, and this is a great one. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Before time began, I knew you. For years, you swim around in a sea of meaninglessness, searching for love, hoping for hope. All that time I was pursuing you, aching to embrace you in my compassionate arms. And I think that's just a, a piece of it, but I think that is fantastic. You know, knowing that we are a called people, we are a chosen people. God handpicked us out of everybody that's ever existed, God handpicked us for this moment, breathed life into our very beings for this time, for this generation, and that He loves us so much, that He cares for us. And so it kind of covers everything just to, to let you know how much that He cares for you. I want people to know that they're handpicked by God to be in this generation that we're living in, how important they are. It's only by the grace of God that I can do what I do. Um, every good gift is given to, from Him. He's a giver of all great things. And so, I can't take credit for it, and I can't hold on to it. I just give it all back to
0: Him. To find out more about Jason's music and his latest album, Unexpected, visit JasonCrab.com. Next time on the Jesus Calling podcast, we speak with Air Force veteran Rodney D. Bullard, who is now executive director of the Chick-fil-A Foundation. He shares about powerful ways we can reach out to others to become everyday heroes and create a legacy of service.
2: We don't have to see heroes as this big glamorous thing and heroes as those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. Only those are heroes with our question. But Heroism also is an everyday act, and there is an everyday opportunity to be someone else's hero, and it can be speaking to somebody who thousands of people pass by and never speak to, but you speak to them, and you make their day, and you are the hero in that moment for that day.
0: Do you love hearing great stories of faith each week via the Jesus Calling podcast? We want to hear from you. If you haven't already subscribed to the Jesus Calling podcast, visit the Jesus Calling page at iTunes.com and hit the subscribe button. While you're there, we'd love for you to leave us a review and tell us how you feel about the show and what future guests you'd love to see. Your reviews and subscription help us share these stories of faith to more people who need the hope and encouragement of Jesus Calling. If you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Visit JesusCalling.com to share your story today.